This is Father Jacob Bertrand Jancic. And this is Father Bonaventure Chapman. Welcome to Godsplaining. Thanks to all of you who support us. If you enjoy the show, please consider making a monthly donation on Patreon. Be sure to like and subscribe to Godsplaining wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hey, Father Bonaventure. Hey, Father Jacob Bertrand. I usually start by just saying, Father Bonaventure, how's it going? So I thought I'd be a little more um, excitable. Yeah, low, Father Jacob Bertrand. Lo, he comes. Yeah. That's a great advent. Yeah. And we're getting close to advent it now. Is, we're closing in on it. Yeah. And I'm not, I want to get too excited. No, okay. I'll, I'll pepper it back. So yeah, draw Father Bonaventure. Back. Yeah. There we go. Father Jacob Bertrand. Here we are. Another episode of Godsplaining. Um, one that is what we're, we're prepping. We're moments like away. Moments away moments. from our young adult retreat. That's right. Kicks off tomorrow. In Malvern. Pennsylvania. Bingo. We could do this episode oh. one word back and forth. Was that Mad Libs or something? I, I don't forget. think so, but no. it's something. Yeah, it's some, some sort of game. Maybe from like whose line is it anyway? That's probably right. Where the points don't matter and blah, yeah. blah, blah. Drew no Carey? one's a winner. Yeah, he hosted yeah. it for a while. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was a funny show. I didn't really watch it that much, but. No, you see some clips or something. Yeah. Although I haven't gone and watched it again. You know, like SNL, sometimes you, you go to old clips and you think this is great. Or that show, um, What's My Line, I think it is, where it's about like, what's my work? Yeah. That's some, got some great episodes where you have to guess, the, blind, the, the contestants are blindfolded and they have to guess who's actually uh, on the show. So Salvador Dali is a great one. He okay. comes on. Really? Uh, yeah, and they can't, and the thing is, this is great for people. This is, I t- use this when I teach like Spinoza and how every determination is actually a negation. Okay. Because people ask questions and he says yes to everything. So they and can't you, figure it out. Exactly. You'd think that if you knew more about someone saying yes, that you'd know it'd be more likely to guess him, but you have to have no's at some point to be able to, to eliminate, eliminate yeah, things. Yeah. And he says yes to being everything legitimately, and no one knows what to do with, like they can't guess him. Well, it's a I great say episode. no to a lot of things. That's so right. People, You're, you, with that, that makes yeah. you more concrete and more actual, That's you could right. say. Yeah. Even without Anywho. a mustache. <laughs> yes, even without a mustache. Uh, retreat, though. Excited? That's right. Yeah, this is, it'll be a fun one. Uh, this is our second time in Malvern in the PA yeah. retreat center there. Oldest retreat center under some, some identifications. Um, I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah, under yeah. something. Uh, it's a nice area, and I do like the fall, so it's a little cooler than the last time we were there in the summer. Yeah. Uh, and it's on uh, Benedict 16th or Joseph Ratzinger, so Truth and Tolerance, which is, and he's, He's delightful. So I've, I entered the church as a B16 Catholic, you could say, as opposed to a JP2 Catholic. Yep. And I didn't enter the church. I mean, I was baptized when John Paul was Pope, but certainly yeah. came to, but you were, like, came to consciousness. Yeah, exactly. JP2. Yeah. And yeah, I was B16. I was more a Benedict 16th medal, even when I was, when I was, sorry, always not, that's not true. But when I was a seminarian, uh, as an Anglican, I got a medal for Benedict 16th and wore around really? as an Anglican because I was so inspired by his, yeah. his writings. Um, so I, it's always great to, to listen to, uh, Joseph Ratzinger or Benedict yeah, yeah. 16th. Yeah. He's like a, I don't know, hero, but a great inspiration. inspired my priesthood in a lot of ways yeah. or my discernment of the priesthood, which is cool. So yeah, there you go. Sweet. It'll be fun. The retreats are always fun. It's great to be with yeah, it's nice. people who listen and tune in and it's, and it's nice, thing, and so. it's nice retreats just in general as a plug for people, uh, like getting away. We're yeah. so, we, we can't get away from anything that we do because of phones and such. Right. Uh, so even at, at home or something, you're still embedded in this whole context and you're still answering emails at night. But retreat is this, there's something about physically moving to another place with a task, which is just to retreat, uh, to run away. Yeah. And it gives us kind of, I always find it gives us freedom to relax and do what, uh, is delightful and rejuvenating. So they are, they are great to just 
physically get away and go somewhere yeah. else. So I'm looking forward excited to it. for it. It'll be good. Yeah. Um, cool. Retreat coming up. It's the fall and we're going to talk about a fall theme. Not really. I just, that's the segue. Um, Pumpkin spice lattes. <laughs> that's right. Uh, delicious. Actually, I don't really like them. I haven't had one in a long um, time. Yeah. yeah. Too sweet. Though. Yeah, that's probably right. We're like getting old. Complaining exactly. About yeah. um, okay. But today we're going to talk about um, the, what the idea, the theme, the reality, mm -hmm. the problem. Uh, it's a problem. I find it to or be a question, problem. At least, yeah. Um, of, of over spiritualizing mm -hmm. life. Um, yeah. And what I mean by that is by assigning um what assigning things of the spiritual life or things of um, a spiritual nature to, to realities that don't necessarily mm -hmm. always involve things of the spiritual life immediately. So yeah. um, we're going to, yeah, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about how that gets in the way and can be a problem. Um, I don't know. Do you, do you see mm -hmm. that? We'll give some examples of mm -hmm. course, and talk about three kind of situations in particular, yes. yeah. but as far as like describing generally over spiritualizing, what like, yeah. How do you understand well, that? What do you see? I think it is a, it's a perennial temptation or say a problem or something given that we are both spirit, you know, soul and body that we have a spiritual re aspect to us. You could say it's our primary aspect, I would say, and also material aspect though. Yeah. We're kind of, we're amphibious in the, in creation. So we're not just material things, but we're not just spiritual things. We're not angels. We're not toads. We're, we're humans. And so because we have these, you could say two aspects to us, it's possible and might be even tempting under certain circumstances to misidentify causes or problems or concerns or issues in one as the other one. Uh, I mean, this is not unlike in the natural sphere, there's a lot of moving parts here. And so you might imagine this is actually what's going wrong with me, but actually it's this other problem in the body. But with the spirit and the body, spirit and matter related to each other, it just, it gets more complicated. And on top of that, sometimes the spirit stuff is a way of letting us off solves off the hook a bit. Yeah. Because even though we are, this is the important part, we are spirits. We have intellects and wills, uh, rational souls uh, with bodies embodied. Yet it's tougher to get a hold of the, the spiritual, whereas just the physical is something that I kind of, I can't not get a hold of in yeah. a way. I'm always, it's always around me. So, in some ways, the spiritual, you can boot things that are really physical problems or that, or, and that require physical solutions to this other realm, which is a real realm and a real aspect of us. And yet, because it's a little more nebulous, or shall we say ephemeral or spiritual, um, ghostly even, it, it makes it, it sends it into like a cloud. And yeah. you can kind of go, well, you know, yeah, I'm just having a just spiritually having a tough time right now. And you think, well, maybe though you're just having a tough time and it's not so much spiritually a tough time. It's just a tough time. Yeah. And as you're saying, like the relationship between the spiritual life and like the non-spiritual, I think you can't separate those. You can't compartmentalize them. So they influence, like it's an influencing in, in, yeah, interact, kind of reality. Influenced, inform. And yeah. And we're talking mm -hmm. here a lot, uh, or, or kind of the, the foundational kind of theo theological thing that mm -hmm. we're anthropology, yeah. Yeah, getting into too, is the, the relationship between nature and grace. And that's the theological you know, moment. Yeah, yeah. What am I doing versus what is being done to me? And, you know, this whole sort of thing. So I want to highlight a few, I think three um, kind of areas 
where I think over-spiritualizing becomes an issue and a stumbling block of relying too much Mm -hmm. or attributing too much cause to things spiritual and sort of, as you said, the kind of danger of removing our own agency Mm. in dealing with life. So the three, so I'll kind of title them, right? Three things would be like, willing things that pertain to the will. So just doing things. The second thing is, is looking like for signs and all things and Mm -hmm. attributing like our choosing to act in a way to like, well, this is how God is speaking to me through this, like Starbucks latte, something like that. And the third is a sort of what I often will call like, it's akin to like the prosperity gospel Mm -hmm. of like, well, the problems in my life exist because I'm not, um, you know, I don't spend enough time in prayer. I don't hand over myself. So, like those yep. those three areas. So, let's start with the first. Sure. though, this idea of willing one. The, what the sort and sort of example that comes to mind um, is is sometimes you know I hear people talk about in different contexts of not being able to accomplish things or being lazy or being like having like sloth, whether it's in prayer or work mm-hmm. or studies or whatever it might be. And and the the sort of cause that's attributed or the reason for that is is some sort of um, Yes, yeah, spiritual like sloth, like loss of Asadia. zeal, asadia, these sort of Asadia. things. Mm-hmm. When like by way of example, using like the getting up when my alarm goes off, when that it's mm-hmm. that's really just a matter of the will. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah. it's like making yourself do something. Um, it's not a spiritual. It's it's probably not. I shouldn't say absolutely, but it's probably not a sort of um, you being accosted by mm-hmm. Satan. The yeah. roof. Or tempted by demons or something or the spiritual warfare. I think this is so important that when you say the act of the will and why it's good to distinguish these clearly is that your will is is your spiritual activity in the way that your intellect is as well. These are spiritual powers because of your your soul and not your body, although they have effects on your body and intertwined with your body, as as you mentioned. So the thing is, when you attribute uh, like your inability to get up to something external to your will... Uh, which you might think, oh, that's the spiritual thing is this kind of temptation. Maybe I'm just, you know, I have bad spirits today or something. Well, your spiritual power is your will and your intellect. And so you, if when you attribute the cause of your slo- your sloth or your, you know, achadia or your just tiredness or laziness or something, whatever it might be, whatever's hindering you to something outside of you, you're actually missing the, the correct spiritual interpretation. You're over-spiritualizing in the sense that you're going past this, even the spiritual that you should be talking about. And I think often we think that our wills and our intellects are like they're part of our matter sort of thing. And then the spirits are these like angels and demons, maybe souls or whatever. But your will and your intellect are the powers of your soul. So the right spiritualization is saying, I should do this. I know I should do this. I should know that last time I didn't get up on time, uh, X happened and it wasn't good for me or whatever. Um, And therefore I choose to do this. And that's a spiritual power. You don't need to bring in spiritual in the sense of like religious or, oh, I'm being afflicted or I'm missing out on graces or maybe I didn't go, I'm not in a state of great. You could say the further. So, So put it this way, there's spirituality at the level of grace but there's also spirituality level of nature, and that's the one we don't want to miss out on. We don't want to go straight to that kind of extra spirituality, you could say. Yeah. Uh, but this, and I think you're right that it's easy it, because they're both spiritual. We can miss out on the natural spirituality of just the act of the will as human beings doing, choosing the right thing, and getting disciplined about stuff. Yeah, and therein is is part of the issue too, because as as you alluded to or said briefly at the beginning, um, it, 
in giving in to this sort of over-spiritualized reality here of like when we just need to do things, mm -hmm. um, it, it does, it removes our ability to solve or at least begin to see the root of the problem. Mm -hmm. Like, let's take this like sleeping in, you know, yeah. I can't get up or I'm just not yeah. motivated. Like, Snooze well, button stuff. Yeah, like, well, why? Are you staying up too late? Are you consuming too much like bells and whistles, social media? Yeah. Are you stressed about something? Is there like a reason to be anxious about, so, you know, is there something like, there can just be reasons that it's like not sleeping well or not able to get out of bed. And if if we default to this sort of like, uh, I'm being plagued by something or I'm not, might not be in a state of grace or like, you know, it's just like- I'm not praying like, enough or I need, I need a spiritual solution because there must be a spiritual problem. Well, you need a spiritual solution, but it's a solution might be just in your will and your intellect. Right. Not like prayer necessarily right. or the sacraments or whatever. Yep. Yeah, and I th I, th I'm reminded here of like one of, the things, you know, we were taught in the novitiate to the things of like learning to building the habits of prayer mm -hmm. and also the habits of study. You know, we were taught like for us Dominicans, we do at least 30 minutes of our own private mental prayer a day. Mm -hmm. And that's like, you do that, you just show up yep. and you just put yourself there. It's not a spiritual thing to get there. It's just like you put your yourself in, in, the, in the chapel and you're there. Um, that doesn't define like the quality of prayer. Or, like mm -hmm. if you're awake, feeling great, like you just do it. And the same thing with study in the novitiate, we were required to have these evenings of study during the week where we just had to sit at the desk and study. And it's just like, sometimes it's great, sometimes it's not, but you yeah. just do it and it builds the habits. Okay, so that's yep. that's one of them. That's right. um, the second one that I mentioned is, is the sort of looking for signs mm -hmm. in all things. I don't know, maybe Catholics aren't as uh, given to this, but maybe they are, I don't know. Um, yeah. But sort of, um, relying too much on trying to see uh, signs for like decision-making in things that are mm -hmm. kind of just normal day sort of thing. So I don't want to say that like our Lord doesn't communicate through mm -hmm. the everyday, yeah. um, but I don't think that there are epiphanies to be found in every moment. And like our dreams or interactions with people or something we hear, like, I don't want to... I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm, mm -hmm. I, I don't want to limit the sort of the ability yeah. of God to communicate, but I also don't think that it's good to hunt for signs in order to make decisions. Well, it, it is the, it is the case that he created us with, with intellects and wills. He created us to be in his image, particular powers of knowing and loving. And that because he created us in that way, I take it. He wants us to use those things. Um, now you do use those things to see signs, but, one of the great traditions of why we're rational animals, why we're humans is because we have the ability to, th to think on our own and to do things, to create in a way. And so the, with the signs, you might wonder if you're giving up and becoming too passive to externals again, it's about agency, uh, but it's an agency as a human, as he's created us. So with signs, I think sometimes we let chance or fortune determine things when it's, if you don't know, for, let's put it this way. If you don't know, for instance, you've got a big decision or something, you're looking for a little help. There's even biblical witness with this, with Gideon and the fleece and all of this, plenty of this. The Lord is willing to give you, us help, right? But if we're asking for lots of things and always looking for confirmation, you might step back and say, am I not trusting my own virtues, the habits I'm supposed to do, my prudence, my own sense of justice? the developments of being able to know what I should do in these situations, uh, which might be very normal situations. And so we can depend on signs as like a, a crutch for decision-making or for safety, 
or something like that. And you might actually seem that initially, oh, I'm always trusting the Lord in my spiritual life because I always look for signs. But actually, it might be, are you actually not trusting the Lord, really? Because you're just trusting the signs. And you know how signs are. Tricky to interpret sometimes. We do project on these sort of things. So I think there's a, people might think there's a danger in not trusting in signs for certain decisions. But I think equally, and maybe more so, there can be a danger in trusting for signs for everything. I remember this when I went to college at Grove City, um, there was a story about, I was in evangelical college, and um, uh, my my uh, biblical professor there was telling a story about this sign business, about marrying and such, in that uh, one, a student he knew had smiled at uh, one of the freshman girls, uh, a, co, you know, a co-ed, and then she came to him and said, uh, I'd asked the Lord to find me a husband, and, I, and he said the first person uh, to smile at me would be the husband, so that's you. And now he was stuck in this situation of, ah, uh, probably not. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and he felt, and, but he was a good Christian man. And so he was trying to figure out, well, uh, Lord, I mean, uh, and it might just be the case that actually she didn't hear correctly, or maybe that's not the kind of thing you should look for a sign for. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The, the reality is, is that we're given, um, we're given, as you were saying, we're created in such a way, and we're given the tools to be able to make prudent decisions. And I saw this a lot, or not, maybe not a lot, but I saw this from time to time when I was our vocation director mm-hmm. and men trying to figure out, should I enter, should I not, whatever, you know, and kind of looking for some yeah. answer to be given. And my, my return was always, well, the Lord has given you the tools to be able to make decisions. And in fact, like making decisions and having agency in that is actually a human and graced reality because our Lord gives the ability to know and to love and then offers us the grace to make prudent choices and yeah. adjudicate those sort of things, not to sort of sacrifice our human autonomy and agency, not autonomy as distinct from God, but our ability to use, yeah. you know, our intellect, our will. Yeah. Um, in conformity with. Yeah, in conformity with God and his grace. You know, he doesn't ask us to sacrifice that in order to make choices to follow him but he asks us to like lean into that to engage into that and i think that we need to trust that and relying too much on sort of external spirit over spiritualizing these these signs to help make decisions whether they're big or small um it actually in a way makes us less human yeah and this and here's here's one extra point too is with discernment you could say um, is that I think if you're living in a state of grace, we believe in, as, as Dominicans, um, not just Dominicans, of course, but that the passions and the emotions can be indicators when drawn up in the life of virtue and the life of grace to reality and what's what's true. And so in the life of, if you're living in a state of grace, if you're attentive to these things, and if you've if you've living a life of virtue, such that your passions are well-ordered, I think sometimes that your signs can, are actually internal. You know, when you have the sense of, this just doesn't feel right. Yeah. I can't sleep on this. I know I've had these kind of these situations. Maybe other people have the internal kind of turmoil that goes on there. And sometimes that's just fear. And we have to, you know, the virtues need to work on the passions, draw them. But I think sometimes it goes the other way too, that there's indications. Of course, you want to check this with, you know, rational, with the intellect, uh, but that the passions can give you some signs, internal signs and the way that you've ordered yourself through grace and through cooperating with grace, that gives you signs for things to do that need not be interpreted on the outside because you know your passions better than you might know some external things. Yeah, that's true. 
Okay, the last one. The, I sort of liken this, as I said before, um, to a sort of uh, what kind of like prosperity gospel, mm, spiritual um, mechanisms, or yeah, something like yeah. the laws of the laws of causation through spiritual practices. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, like the if you aren't familiar with what the uh, sort of notion of the prosperity gospel is, is that um, you know if you do X, if you are faithful to God, if you're loyal to God, if you are, you know, give alms and that sort of thing, the Lord will, will reward you, will return that in a sort of material way. You'll become rich and wealthy and have a nice car and these sort of things. Translating that over to our conversation um, in a very similar way, this sort of like, if I just pray a little better, if I just give myself to God a little bit more, if I'm just a little more faithful or a lot more in all of these things, then my life will be easier, less burdensome, simpler, et cetera, et cetera. Um, mm -hmm. It seems to me that that's just not true. Yeah, uh, I'll make one biblical point and then one analogy, which you'll love. Oh, sure. Um, so the biblical point is that this is, there's a, in the Old Testament, there's a battle between the prophetic mentality and the wisdom mentality. And the prophets are always saying, if you do this, then this good thing will happen. If you do this bad thing, if you do this wrong, then this bad thing will happen. It's kind of a one-to-one -one, you know, yeah. relationship. And in the wisdom literature, though, you get a sense that so Job would be in this case, for instance, is directly against or trying to mitigate that notion well, obviously, if you're doing if you're doing good, then at the end of the day, good things will occur at some point. But you're not promised a one to one relation. Actually, it might sometimes seem really awkward. Why do the just you know suffer and languish when the wicked are prosperous? This is the Psalms has this similar kind of wisdom yeah. perspective. And so in this way, I think people can imagine, here comes the analogy, imagine yourself in like a, um, oh, I don't know, not a casino, but like an arcade. Yeah, like a game arcade. And there are some machines in there uh, that like you can just put in a quarter and turn a dial and you get, you know, what you want. It could be a little like sticker, one of those little, you know, sticky hands you throw at things. I'm, yeah. I'm delving back, uh, yeah. whatever it might be. And you know, if you put in a quarter, you get that thing, you know, but there's also that claw machine, you know, that you, you put in the quarter and you use the little joystick and you bring the claw over and you try to pick up the, whatever you want to pick up. It might be a, 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 some stuffed animal or, or a, a gun. Okay. I don't know. I don't I know. Claw machines stuffed animals sound like, I don't know. Yeah. Stuffed animals. Not are, in New York, yeah. but like, yeah, usually, but I wanted to kind of give it a manly yeah. sense. And okay. so I just thought of a gun because of Patriot, uh, whatever. Anyway, uh, it is not one-to-one -one with the claw. Yeah. Right. And the end of the day, if you play it long enough, you might be able to get them, but the claw is not set up so that every time you go in there, you pick a, you pick something, you know, and actually, I remember seeing this uh, later in my in my childhood. There was one, there was a machine. I think people appreciated this, and there was something like it always gave you a ticket. It said like always there would always be a prize. And I thought, oh, disappointing. That's the wrong life lesson. No, you you keep doing it because you think in general something might happen. You might get a really cool thing, you know, like a stuffed gun. Um, but in oftentimes you're just coming up with nothing. And yeah. I think that sometimes that because we're playing with God's providence and God's plan for us, and since we are not entirely in charge nor aware of how this thing works, we don't always know it's it's clear that it's not going to be a one-to-one -one relation. It's not right. simple. Just like loving relationships are not simple physical mechanics of force pushing and shoving, but rather this drawing and revealing. That's a very different dynamic. Yeah, and the, the reality is that life is far too complicated to have a, an understanding of that of that mm -hmm. sort. You know, even if we're just thinking about my relationship, my own relationship with the Lord and how that's playing out, mm -hmm. 
I can't, we don't live in a vacuum and we don't live in isolated ways. And, and like other people affect us, the world around us affects us, et cetera. Like the list is huge as to what plays into my experience of mm-hmm. life. Um, so I think we need to be careful not to say that, well, if I, the reason why I'm in difficulty or struggling or the reason I have these crosses is, is because of this. But if I were just to give myself more fully, if I were just to surrender more fully to God, then somehow these things would be alleviated. I don't know. History, the saints, the scriptures seem to contradict that, at least not as a rule, you know, at least that like we can't propose that sort of like if I just surrender more then things will be better, my crosses will be lighter, burdens will be lifted. I don't know. There doesn't seem to be evidence of that. Now, we have to recognize this reality with within the within the what the scope of of like hope and the promise mm-hmm. of eternal life. Yes. Like there is reward for living and with our Lord, for um, loving, for charity, mm-hmm. um, for being faithful. Of course there is. That's not what we're not saying there isn't. But it's it's a sort of like in this life is that promised? I mean, sometimes, yeah. sometimes not. Yep. And and also we have, I guess, some hints at why this wouldn't this we wouldn't expect this all the time because of our Lord on the cross. Yeah. Right. As Catholics, yeah. we care very much about the cross and having that body still on the corpus on the crucifix, such that um, we're reminded that he uh, didn't go for a one-to-one kind of thing, at least for his own life, but rather in the cross and in sacrifice, he gets to show his love. And then we are to be imitators of this. He says, come and pick up your cross and follow me. Uh, and this should therefore shape it. The other thing is, I would say, um, the what prosperity or this material thing could say, actually the important stuff is the the matter and what's going on and like what we get. And it can be too this worldly sometimes. And we are supposed to enjoy the fruits of the earth and multiply and all of this and have dominion and all those ways. And at the same time, our, our hope is in heaven, as you mentioned, and virtue ought to be its own reward. And patience and long suffering are things that God might give us under certain circumstances and has given many of the saints through this so that they can be purified to grow to love him more and more as opposed to that things might go well here. Yeah. And that's just, a, it's, it's hard to hear. And it feels like we're saying that, that someone might say, Oh, you're just saying it's a consolation prize or like, you know, you wouldn't be saying this if things were going well, but at the end of the day, you have to realize that it is about our relationship with our Lord. And that's a spiritual reality to get back to that over spiritualizing. We don't want to over spiritualize to become materializing. We want to spiritualize correctly such that we can know and love him and know and love ourselves by doing so. Yeah. The end here of like, um, the end of our of our life with Christ is is not to be sort of healed of what of of the sort of um, worries and troubles of things in this life though mm-hmm. I mean well I'll say it this way be great the, it would be great and sometimes there are things that are alleviated and yeah. sometimes there are things that aren't um, but the, the the true healing and the true sort of alleviation of life's challenges, struggles, and difficulties is not found in those not being there, um, of living just like a hunky-dory, everything's great kind of life. The reality of the healing and uh, like alleviation of these things is is being with Christ. Yeah, is is simply being with. Um, he, de- I, I've. I haven't combed the scriptures as like a scripture scholar, but I don't remember a place where he says like, follow me and your life will be perfect. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, heaven is the promise, but yeah. I mean, here on earth, you know, yes. like, you know, it, it, that's not a promise. It's not, I mean, that would have to do away with everything that we are, our freedom, our ability to choose our, you know, that invitation, like yep. it's just not what's on offer. Um, it's a simple, it seems, uh, it, and not to say that again, you shouldn't pray and look for healing and things in this life and just kind of suffer and say, well, this is just, you can over spiritualize things as we talked before and say, well, it's just his will that X. It might not be. We pray and hope and we still, we work for that, but we don't get discouraged if the mechanism doesn't work because it's not a mechanism, right? Right. It's a relationship. Right. I think that's, that's a good way to summarize it. I don't really have more to say because that was a good summary. We'll take it. Good job. Ooh. A plus. Oh, no. Nice. A minus. There's always room for yeah, growth. Yeah, there's always room for yeah, growth. Yeah, tough grader, yeah. you know. Yeah, got to keep fine. the curve alive. You've got to. Yeah. yeah. So that's what we have. I think that's good. Don't over-spiritualize. Don't, I would say, like, don't don't remove yourself from the equation in the yeah. sense of, like, you have agency. You have the ability to cooperate and move with grace. Um, our Lord wants that. So, yeah, chase after it. There you go. All righty, all. Thanks for uh, tuning in to this episode of God's Planning. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Like, subscribe, leave a five-star review. All of those are super helpful. If you'd like to help contribute to the podcast, please consider making a monthly donation on Patreon. You can follow the link in the show notes. You can also follow the links in the show notes to shop God's Planning merchandise and to get information on upcoming God's Planning events. Uh, we mentioned the retreat coming up this weekend, so if you're not coming, please offer a prayer for us and all of those retreatants who will be will be with over the coming days. And if you are coming, it'll be awesome to meet you, to see you in person. So looking forward to that. As always, pray for us. We are praying for you. And until next time, God bless. Bye.